Hello and welcome. We're glad to have you today on All Things Apostolic. This is Monday, March the 20th, and we are delighted that you are with us today. There's a lot of great things happening across America. I noticed the other day that the Asbury Revival continues in spite of the fact that it's not primary in the news any longer. And uh, somebody asked the other day, what would be the result if they followed that out to its completion? Well, I would tell you what it will be if they'll let the spirit move and continue to move without reservation, people will begin to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. That will be the consummating result. Now, I had somebody else, uh, I had somebody the other day when I made a comment like that respond and say, uh, well, uh, you know, he believes that you, you, you receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And somebody uh, wanted to know if that was right. And I said, well, absolutely, that's right. Why wouldn't you believe that? That's what was taught on the day of Pentecost. And uh, uh, for anybody who says, well, that's like uh, uh, off the wall or that's cultic. Well, well, let me explain to you. They now estimate that there are at least 700 million apostolic people in the world. This is people, at least Pentecostal people, who if you ask them, they would tell you that where they were Pentecostal, and they would know that that means that you believe in receiving the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. So don't start this stuff about this little fringe group down here. This isn't the fringe group. The growth of this group is outpacing many times over by any kind of sociological, political, or religious group in the world. So let's let's back off of that old stuff that used to go on and let's get some better arguments. And the better arguments is, is join what God is doing and allow God to fill you with his spirit. So why would we think that anything else is called being born of the spirit other than what the Bible gives us happened on the day that the church was born, which is the reception of the Holy Spirit, evidence was speaking in other tongues. And why would the Apostle Peter go ahead and say in Acts uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 38, um, uh, that you repent and you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he would go ahead after that in verse 39 and say, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I often say, you cannot get further off from the time that that statement was made than every new second that passes, including the one that I'm talking in right now. And to receive the Holy Spirit uh, is not something that the spigot's been turned off. The church didn't start one way and then start operating another way 300 years later or 100 years later or after the days of the apostles. No, no. The pristine model of the church that ought to be in the earth today is the one that's found in the New Testament. You can't improve on that. And I would have to say, if if you think, well, what is in the New Testament is not for us today. Well, and, and I'm going to try to say this gently and kindly. Well, wh who gave you the authority to decide that the church ought to be different today than it was in the Bible? And where would you get any such idea that the Bible would have church one way and we're supposed to have church another way? I mean, this is just, uh, this is just pretty pretty basic. And is there anyone that is a that calls themselves Christian that doesn't think that the pristine example of the of the apostolic church is found in the Bible? So all of us 
that are termed to be restorationist, and even if you're not termed to be restorationist, even if you're like Roman Catholic, you would you would agree whether we agree on all the details. You would agree that the New Testament church is the pattern that we follow, the teachings of Jesus Christ, the New Testament church, and the New Testament that is written for our benefit. So a church, when it talks about a real, full, apostolic, meaning like they had in the days of the apostles, when a church has a real, full, apostolic revival, then it's going to have people repenting. It's going to have people worshiping. It's going to have people being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. It's going to have people receiving the spirit of the Lord, just like it was modeled on the day of Pentecost, because that's the model. And it's the first. And we all know that there are uh, what we call hermeneutical rules for biblical interpretation. And one of the most basic of them all is that a first has precedence. And in the Bible, the way it happens the first time is a foundational thing. And it doesn't just go away and change willy-nilly later on. So um, today, I want to tell you that there are apostolic revivals going on in America. And um, I'm excited about the revival in a church in Dayton, Ohio. The name of it is Apostolic Lighthouse. Uh, Pastor Bradley Smith and his wife Tiffany have been a pastor there for 23 years. And um, he's been pastor for 21 years. He's been there 23 years. Um, uh, he has four children, great family, Jordan, Drew, Lindsay and um, the incorrigible Carson. And so the four of those children um, all live for God and are part and parcel. They are in revival. I don't mean just revival services. I mean, they are in revival. And uh, I'm happy today to get to talk to uh, uh, Pastor Smith, uh, who is doing a tremendous job as pastor. Pastor, welcome to all things apostolic. We are glad that you're with us today. Can you hear me? Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're with us. And um, uh, we're looking forward to um, uh, talking to you a little bit about revival here, along with with um, talking about your evangelist and, and talking about what God is doing. Uh, so tell me, how, how long has this revival been going on? Well, we, we were in revival last year. We had uh, Brother Todd Nichols with us for 18 weeks. And man, we just, we went to some high places and deep places in God. And then the first of the year, I had Mark Drost on January the 1st. We launched a revival service with him and had 41 get the Holy Ghost on January the 1st. And from there, it's just been full steam ahead. Whoa. I'm baptizing people every service, people getting the Holy Ghost almost every service. And then uh, about three weeks ago, I started Extended Revival with Greg Godwin. And man, it's just been unreal what God's doing. We've baptized 148 people since January 1st, and well over 100 received the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't seem like there'll be any end to it anytime soon. It's Whoa. just wide open. Wait a minute. You baptized 148 since January the 1st? Yes, sir. 
and and uh, over 100 or so already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well over 100, yes, sir. Listen, this is an incredible report. And what are you doing special that's 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 triggering this? Is there what can you talk to us about? Everybody else this isn't is having that kind of revival. Well, I, I don't really know what happened. I just know that you know I've been preaching about revival for as long as I've been in Dayton, telling telling the people God was going to do it. We've had great services for 23 years. I've been there. Uh, last year, we started a. Uh, or two years ago, I think it was, we started a program with uh, addiction recovery. And uh, that just exploded. And we were having a hundred and something, uh, between a hundred and 110 uh, people, not from our church, but outsiders show up at our campus every Sunday night. And uh, then we did Sidewalk Sunday School, which we'd had all, we have Sidewalk Sunday School all over our city. Uh, different locations, and we're ministering to a couple hundred kids and their family every this week. This is great. And it just, uh, it seemed like from the beginning of the year, all that just came together, and it's just been explosive. That's that, that's an amazing testimony. Um, uh, let me ask you, uh, you've been there 21 years. Have you had revival most of the time since you've been there? We've always had revival, but never like this. I've, I've never seen revival like this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty, that's a pretty important statement. The fact that you've had revival ever since you've been there, because I know people who would, who would give their right arm, euphemistically speaking, uh, to learn the secret of how you've had revival, uh, constantly since you've been there. Uh, uh, but the truth is it's pretty hard to, it's pretty hard to articulate I mean, how would you try to tell people if they said, well, how can we have that? Well, I think you get what you preach. And I have preached that this is what God's wanting to do. And this is what God's going to do for 21 years of being pastor. And I had someone tell me uh, a few months ago that the days of extended revivals are over. You got to have programs. You got to have this, that, and the other. And I said, well, Maybe they're over for you, but they sure work for us. And so someone said, well, how long are you going to go in revival? I said, I'm going to go in revival just as long as I can. Uh, so I think it's just a mindset. It's a, it's a culture that you that I, I believe that I preached and put into this church, and now we're reaping the results of that. Well, uh, yeah, it's obvious. You know, uh, there's a real... There's a pretty famous uh, uh, teacher that said, you know, a, a tree by its fruit. So, yeah, exactly. so yeah. uh, I trust that teacher and I think you do too. <laughs> and uh, when he said, you know, a, a tree by its fruit, when you look at 21 years and you see the fruit of that ministry, uh, if I was in a church that was not having revival, I wouldn't be trying to talk about uh, whatever faults that they would try to find with what you're doing. I would be saying, I see the fruit on your tree, please help me. And I, I would be coming there and setting down in service and trying to uh, receive and, and inculcate into myself uh, the spiritual realities that are going on in that place. Uh, so when you talk about 21 years and you talk about constant revival, uh, uh, I preached in your church. It's been uh, uh, some time back. 
and the revival atmosphere and the the large and and thriving uh, excited happy congregation i mean it's just uh, it's amazing and so uh, i would suggest that if any of you that are not having this kind of revival don't accept that you need you need to go back and you need to say i'm i'm going to find the people um does it make any difference while I've got you on here, Pastor? Um, are your friends having revival? Are the people you run with having revival? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd be friends with them if they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I might be their friend, but I wouldn't run with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you know, that's... <laughs> but that's that's a much more important point, I think, than a lot of people realize is that is that the, there's an environment of faith and there's Absolutely. an environment of revelation. And uh, the, 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 you know, where you spend your time with has an impact on, on all of us and whom I, and, and whom I make my most dear friends is not the people that can play the best domino game or the people that can play the best golf game or whatever else it may be. It's the people that understand and have a passion to do God's work and, and to have revival. And I know this is true because I know you and I know your wife and I know the commitment of your family and your boys and your daughter and, and, um, and, and some of the people in your church. It, it's a tremendous thing. And I'm, I'm thrilled to, to expose today to what's happening in Dayton, Ohio, of all places, uh, at Apostolic Lighthouse. So how long do you think you're going to go in this revival? I don't know. I, I we're just gonna go until I said the trumpet sounds. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, the truth of the matter is, Bishop. I I tell people every service we man we baptized everybody. Who else could get baptized next service? And the next service, there's just more and more people showing up. And it's uh, this past Sunday. It was an ordinary Sunday. I mean, it wasn't like a big push or anything, but the congregation looked like an Easter Sunday. There were people everywhere. Wow. And baptized 12 on Sunday morning and wow. multiple wow. people received the Holy Ghost. And, <laughs> and so uh, I, I don't have any plans on stopping it until God decides he wants to stop it. But the, the truth of the matter is what I told the church the other night, uh, I was walking out of my office. And as I walked out of my office, the Lord spoke to me. And he, he told me, he's, he, he gave me the scripture in Second Kings where uh, Joash, the king, I believe it was, went into Elisha. And Elisha was dying. And uh, he was crying over the prophet of God dying. And the prophet of God said, get bow and arrow. And he said, we want you to shoot. And he said, put your hands on the bow and arrow and I'm going to put my hands on yours. And they shot. And when they shot, the prophet of God said, the air of the Lord's deliverance. And then after that, he gave the man of God the bow, and he said, now you take the arrows and smite the ground. And when he smote the ground, he smote it three times and stopped. And the man of God got angry and said, because you only smote it three times. You should have smote it five or six. Or in other words, you should have emptied the quiver. But because you didn't, you won't have total victory. So my point was, and what I felt like the Lord impressed me was, he's shown us how to have revival. He's put mm. his hands on our hands and showed mm. us how to shoot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, that's that's good. Well, uh, you keep beating the ground there, and we want to we want to stay up with what's happening in this revival. We'll check back in with you 
uh, somewhere down the line here. We love you and your family and your church and thank God for you and your, your passionate and powerful ministry. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, man. Thank you again. Lord bless you. So there you have it. There's an example. There's an example like yesterday, 12 new ones baptized in the name of the Lord, people receiving the Holy Ghost, new people coming in. And he, it's like he said, somebody said, well, everybody in our church has been baptized or everybody's received the Holy Spirit or whatever. Uh, but, but there is a magnetism to Holy Ghost revival. There's a magnetism to it. And, uh, and it draws people. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up. So you say, well, what is he doing that's causing that to, to happen? Well, I can tell you one thing he's doing. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so a growing church is not just about outreach. There is outreach, but it's not just about outreach. It's about in-draw. And that in-draw comes when people like Apostolic Lighthouse are worshiping God and the Spirit of the Lord creates an atmosphere that the human heart hungers for. And so this is what we have going on. Well, so much for that. Now, uh, we have been talking about also about the rapture of the church. We cover a lot of things on all things apostolic. We're going to talk about that some more this week. And so uh, we look forward to you being with us. But you never know what's going to be coming. So don't miss one single episode of all things apostolic.